0: I'm so glad to be here this morning. I can hardly sit down every time we sing that song um, from the inside out. It's my one of my um, son's favorite songs. But every time I hear it, I think about what God has done in this Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx. Every time I think about it, I say, Lord, what you've done for me, what you've done in me. And that I can come here and stand here and share this, and share this word to encourage you. And if you're here today, I'm here to tell you that you're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. There is a divine appointment for you today to hear the word of God because it's going to set you free today. There's so many people this day. I'm declaring that because I know what God has done for me. And I know what God wants to do in you. And we've been doing this series called Unshakable. And everybody looks at me and say, oh, Pastor Nate, you're so strong. You have this fearless faith. And I want to share, you the, share with you the secrets, and, and it's really not a secret because it's, it's in the book, Amen. on how to have fearless faith and how to trust God in the midst of all the stuff that's going on in your life, in the midst of the enemy lying to you because how many of you know that those are lies? Amen. Those are lies. Yes, right. And those lies only come from one place, from the pit of hell. And see what he wants to destroy. What God is doing in you and through you, and I'm here to serve him notice today because I'm not afraid. Right. Not on my watch. Amen. And we and Pastor Jose has been doing this series, and, and he and the, one of the first things he sp- he spoke about was anchored in Christ. And one of the teens came out, and, he, and I said, "What does an anchor do?" And he said, "It holds things down." Amen. So Christ, he holds us down. Amen. And, and also, he talked about built to last. See, we are built to last, the new us, okay? And then the power within. And we speak about that, and I, t- and I teach a lot to my teens about having that power, right? We always talk about power, right? Yeah? Okay. So I'm asking them because they're looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. Are you guys hurting from yesterday? Anybody got some nice, I, I, you guys Amen, hallelujah. I did it. I was in my car, nice and warm. I'm the smart one. <laughs> so they, they had a good time, though. We had a great time yesterday. So everybody talks about this. What is faith? Now, for some of you, this is not new. You've heard this before. But how many of you know we need a refresher every now and then? We let the cares of this world, we let things come and, and trip us up and take us out of what God is doing. So what is faith? Now, if we go to Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I hope you have your Bibles, Cause it's good every now and then to open up that Bible, look at the Word, read it, get to know what God's Word says. And even though I have it up there, mark it on your, on your Bibles. Because so many people will tell you so many different things about faith. What is faith? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, okay? The evidence of things not seen. See, faith is that connector between God God. And man. Faith is the connector between God and man. See, it was by faith that you came to know God. No other way but by faith. And if you don't know him, then it's by faith today that you will know who God is. Amen? That faith is a connection by which salvation, healing, prosperity, soundness of mind, all that God promised is transferred from him to us. I remember the day that I got saved. And some of you in this room, you remember. I mean, I think that's something that you never, ever, ever forget. And for me, it was something very impactful. I was about 14 years old. I shared a room with my sister. And um, for some reason that day, she was not nowhere to be found. I don't even know. Where were you? I don't know. Anyway, she wasn't there. And I was, and if some of you have heard my story before. I was flipping the channels. It was a Sunday, and Jimmy Swagger comes on TV. Anybody remember Jimmy Swagger? All yeah. right, ah, yes. He would cry a lot. He would play his music, and right. And I'm sitting there, and he's talking about this man, and he's sharing about Christ, and he's crying, and I'm crying. Now we're both crying. Everybody's crying. I'm in my room, and I don't know why I'm crying. But I heard something that I've never heard before. And though I had gone to Catholic Church when I was little, but I'm going to be honest, that I went to Catholic Church to see my friends and to eat candy. No lie. <laughs> right? We used to buy the bag of candy. My friend, valise could testify. We would go buy the, back then, teens, they were a penny. And I could get a bunch of candy. Now and, Remember now and laters? <laughs> what happened to them? How about Cherry Chang? Candy's not the same, guys. Anyway, so I used to buy these candies, fill up my bag, go to church, be in the back, right? And I would just be eating my candy, hanging out with my friends, something like what you guys do, right? But then, (laughs) shout you out. But then when it came time to prayer and it came time, I always was like intrigued. I always wanted to be there in prayer. And I remember that day, I'm sitting in my room, and, and it's a Sunday morning, and he's crying, I'm crying, and he makes an invitation to get to know Jesus if you want Jesus to come into your heart. I have never heard that in my life prior to that. Jesus in my heart? Wait, wait, Jesus is just something out there somewhere that when I go to church, I could just kind of talk to him, but I can't talk to him because I got to go through someone else to talk to him because he's too good and I'm not and I'm bad. So how can I get to talk to him? But you know what? He's out there and I'm going to believe that I guess he likes me. See, that's just what you're taught. Lies. So when he said that, I gave my heart to the Lord. And, and that day, something is supernatural happened. I felt love embrace me. And when I tell you it was tangible, it was tangible. This was like something came and just enveloped me and was holding me. And I was weeping in my room. And I knew God was there. And I knew his love was there. And it transformed me from that day. I became a firecracker for God. When I went to church, my whole family, soon after that, we all went to church. My sister could testify to all this. We started, my mom would look out the window, and she would hear something tell her, don't go to that church, because if you go to that church, you'll die. Well, yeah, you're going to die to the old man, and the new man was going to come, but the enemy didn't want us to be, um, be made new. So we all go to church. Our whole family goes up, and we all give our heart to the Lord, and that's when it started. And we all found truth. And we became a serving family. We became a family in the Lord that just loved the Lord and we just did everything. I mean, we, if Jesus said in the Bible, I can leap off, off a tall building in a single bound, I would do it. That's how in love, that's what his love did for me. It transformed me. It gave me a new vision. So before Christ, there was no hope. And i want to tell you that today. If you don't know Christ, Without him, there's no hope. See, this world, they give you a false hope. This world's hope is based on or their, whatever they promise you is based on what you do for them. See, and with Christ, it's different. It's based on what he did for us. We don't bring anything to the table. So we, we can't mess it up. Come on. Oh, man, okay, hallelujah. Woo. All right, go, Pastor. And before Christ, I was just living. I was just surviving. You know, I, I make fun, um, um, the teens and I, I talk, to them about, uh, talk about this all the time, about The Walking Dead. Anybody watch that show? <sighs> right? Somebody, somebody, yeah, watch it. Don't lie. <laughs> you up in church, okay? <laughs> so you got The Walking Dead, and that was me. I was The Walking Dead. I was alive, right? But everywhere I went, I was, I was, there was nothing that my spirit was dead in me. See, that's what happened to you when you became alive in Christ. Your spirit now is no longer the walking dead. Now you're connected spirit to spirit with God, and you are alive in him. And if you're alive in him, why don't you start acting like you're alive? Why don't you start walking like you're alive? Because before him there was no hope, but through him there's all hope. So how does faith come? Good question. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's go to Romans 10, 17. It's a very simple word, but I'm telling you a very impactful word. I pray that your ears are open to receive this this day. How does faith come, Pastor Annette? What is this faith? How How do I walk this out? How do I do this? Simple. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Wow, you guys are so smart. (laughs) By the word of God. That's how faith comes. See, God's word is the source of your faith. Oh, you missed that. God's word is the source of your faith. See, as you're sitting here listening to what I'm telling you this morning, you're getting filled with faith-filled words. You're receiving it, all right? Words that are encouraging. Words that are going to lift you up. Words that are going to point you to truth. Words that are going to correct you. Because how many of you know sometimes we need a course correction? And that doesn't mean that we're, we're coming down at you or anything bad, but sometimes we just need to wake up. Come on, wake up and turn it around. Sometimes we get in our thinking, this, this, this wrong thinking. Now, faithful words point you to truth. See, truth is what you need. And I already spoke about this. But there was something that the Lord told me the other day that really hit me. He said, in the absence of truth, all there is is lies. Now, think about that. In the absence of truth, all there is are lies. See, those lies, I'm going to tell you a little secret about the enemy and what he's trying to do. Okay? Because I can't stand him. Anybody with me? He's defeated. He is under our feet. He is a liar. The Bible says in John 8, he is the father of lies. That's all he knows how to do. All he knows how to do is lie to you. And what he's going to tell you, some of you are sitting right now, you're looking at me, he's lying to you right now. Don't listen to her. You know you got that thing to do later on. What are you going to eat tonight? Oh, tomorrow is Monday. I got that paper. You know, he, starts tell, he starts taking you away from hearing the word of God. But he's the father of lies. And those lies are meant for one thing, to dominate and control you. Mm-hmm. To keep you on a course that God never meant for you to be on. Yeah. To lie to you, to destroy your life. See, that's all he came to do. He came to rob. He came to steal. And he came to destroy you. Why? Because you remind him of God. Because you are made in the very image of what he hates. Because everything that's truth, he flips it and turns it around and makes it a lie. And then once, when we were the walking dead, we believed it. But you are alive now. And it's now time to take those lies and turn it around and take those thoughts. You ever heard this? Take those thoughts captive. It doesn't mean like, oh, don't bother me, please. Because he's not like that with you. No, it means be aggressive. Take him captive. Arrest those thoughts. And when those thoughts come, the only way that you're going to be able to combat a lie is with truth. You can sit there and a hope and a wish that he leaves you alone. And I'm not here to scare anybody because, again, he is under our feet. He is defeated. The problem is that we give up too much of our power. We give him the power. We give away when we believe the lie. The best thing that you can do and something that we always point you to is the word of God, the word of God. If you ever hear us um, speaking and preaching and speaking to you, we always point you back to the word. It is important for your life. Write that down if you're taking notes. When you know the word, you will know Christ. When you know Christ, you will know who you are. So many of you are trying to figure out who you are outside of Christ. You'll never figure it out. But as a believer, come on, how many believers do I have here today? Just wave at me. Oh, wow, okay, there you go. So if you're a believer, then the Bible, the book, is your mirror. Now, I know we all love to look in the mirror. Some of us, some of us don't like looking in the mirror, right? We like looking in the mirror, making sure that our outside is taken care of, making sure that everything looks good, but we forget about the heart. That mind, that will, and that emotion. Come on, anybody been there, done that? You start thinking some thoughts, start feeling a certain type of way. Like the kids say, you get triggered. I know, you love, you say they're laughing, they hate that word, triggered. (laughs) You get triggered. So the word is important. So I'm going to ask you a question. Don't answer it. Just you ask ask yourself this. What are you full of? If you fill yourself, your heart, with God's word, then God's word word will come out of your mouth. Okay? And if you don't, then whatever you've been filling yourself with, that will come out. Very simple. This is not hard. This is not hard. Very simple. What, what are you feeding more on? See, because if you're feeding more on the real housewives of New Jersey, <laughs> no wonder you're fighting against your husband or you're not happy. or you're, If you're feeding on the garbage that's on TV more, no wonder why you're having issues and problems and you're comparing. No wonder why you're critical. No wonder why you're gossiping. Oh, let me stop right there. I don't want to get in your business. All right. No wonder. Because whatever you're full of, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. See how important the word is? Out of the heart, the mouth will speak, the word says. What's in your heart? What are you full of? I'm not here judging you. I'm here telling you that I want to point you to truth, to set you free, Amen. to set you free, because there's so many different preachers and so many different people speaking lies at so many different churches that they're, they're, they're pointing people back to what they've done, pointing them back to the sins they committed, pointing them back, instead of pointing them to Christ. Amen. And we need to start pointing people to Christ. If you don't believe me that out of the heart the mouth will speak, let's turn to James. James three six. James three six, and write these down. Go back, read them. Let the words speak to your heart. James three six says this: and the tongue is a fire, ooh, ooh, ooh. a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. Hi, hi, hi. See, your tongue is an instrument that speaks what's in your heart. Now, many people say, you got to tame that tongue. Tame that tongue, right? You ever heard that? Tame that tongue? Tame that. Watch your mouth. And so many people say that, but in studying this more, I'm saying, no, you don't need to tame your tongue. You need to tame your heart. You need to tame your heart. Because out of the heart, the mouth will speak. The tongue can't say anything that's not ready in the heart. Okay, you're looking at me strange. Hallelujah. I love you, okay? All right. (laughs) What you say out of your mouth comes from your heart. And let me tell you something. The Word of God says this Death and life are in the tongue. And what you speak will come to pass. What you say will come. That's why be careful who you're talking about. Be careful what you're saying. Be careful. Be careful. Because out of that, it will come to pass. The chung is just an instrument. I work with these young girls after school, and I love working with teenagers. Most people, they don't like teenagers. I have no idea why. They are the bomb diggity. I love you. They're awesome! You know why I love them? Because they're radical. Right, you guys are radical? (laughs) Not too radical. Hello? Up when we're in the room, you are like, yeah, Pastor, oh, you're like, no, <laughs> they're radical. They actually are. If I tell them, come on, let's go out in the street right now, let's, they'll go with me, they'll do whatever. One time, Pastor Jose and I, um, we took, we were um, in the Bronx, and we were youth leaders, and we had a bunch of radical youth, man. We would tell them to go out and preach in the projects, they'd be like, yeah, let's go. And we would go, and we would preach in the corner, Pastor Jose would be out there with them. And, and, and um these guys would come drug dealers would come by with their pit bulls and everything and they thing he say like, they would tell pastor say you popo like no we're not po- we're not police we are here to tell you about jesus and be like all right all right because that's their corner but we weren't afraid one time we went into connecticut and I, this group told us let's go we're like okay teens let's go we had no clue no idea where we were going we were just radical enough to believe god and go so we went And we get to that projects in Connecticut, and I've never seen nothing like that in my life. Every door had chains and gates, and the doors had padlocks. I was like, where did we just go? Mm -hmm. And we stood there, and you know what we did? We went door to door knocking, inviting people to come out. In the middle of it, there was a square, and we were going to do some worship and some preaching. And we we said, okay, Jesus, if you are for us, who could be against us? We did it afraid. Because I'm not going to lie to you and say, I was I was like, oh, Jesus, we need you right now. <laughs> so we went, we knocked on doors, and we went oh, throughout the whole, this, this project development place, and people came out, and people, I don't even remember how many pastors they were saved that day, Good, We're saved. So that's why I love teenagers, because they're they just, they're awesome. So I work with these young girls, and, and if you hear these kids these days, now, parents, I want you to perk up your ears. Because not only the teenagers, but these young adults that are being influenced and infiltrated by the enemy and all that you hear out there. And the way they speak now they already know me, they know I am Pastor Annette. They're like, she is crazy because i don't hold my tongue and doris is here to say i tell them like I, they're telling me all their twisted nonsense and i go no this is what god and they so they at first they look at me like i'm crazy and then the next thing you know they're calling me and i have a p- question and they'll call me they'll talk to me and they ask me questions but i stand my ground and i st- stick to, i stick to the word and i don't back down and i tell them and i share with them truth And just the same way, like I share with these guys upstairs, and you know what, parents, I am privileged and I am honored, and I do not take this lightly to be an influence and to be a voice into these children's lives to point them to truth. I count it an honor that God would choose me to do that. And I do not take that lightly. And I teach them everything I know, and they love hearing my crazy stories. And they love hearing these things, and they go, "Oh, pastor!" And, they, and they, their eyes light up. And every time I tell them, and you guys, you guys are smiling because you know it's true. And every time I tell you guys, you can do the same thing. You could go lay hands on the sick. You can cast out demons. You can set the captives free. You can go preach in your school. You can be. Sick. At, at one point, I was that kid that I was different in school. But then I let the influence of my friends try to point me back. And and I was starting to cut class. If my mom hears this, mommy, I'm sorry. Right? I was cutting class. I was doing things I wasn't supposed to do. And then one day I woke up and said, wait a minute. I'm a believer. I'm a child of the king. What am I doing? Why do I want to follow what everybody else is doing? When the word says I'm a peculiar people, and it's okay to be different. It's okay that I'm not the same. So teens, you're not supposed to be the same. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to walk in that school, and when you walk in that school, they should be coming to you and saying, what is it about you? What do you have? I want what you have. You're supposed to go to your friends and tell them, oh, you need Jesus. See, I was one of those that if one of my friends said they were sick, you sick? Let me lay hands on you. That's what we need to do. You are not the average child. You are not the average teenager. You are more than a conqueror. You are created for the purposes of God. And you need to know that this day. Don't let the lies of the enemy trick you. And don't let people shut your voice. For you have a voice. You are an instrument for the Lord. And you'll be used by him. Your tongue is an instrument either for good or evil. Let it be an instrument for good. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's go to Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Come on. Faith pleases God. I remember, <laughs> anybody likes gifts? Anybody likes receiving gifts, rewards? Yeah. Am I the only one? <laughs> I, oh, Thank you, Paul, yes. I love gifts. Especially when they're 2.5, shiny. <laughs> <Sorry. Uh-oh. laughs> you know? Or huge, nice, shiny, with nice wheels. You know what I right? Just saying, in case. Love you. All right, so... <laughs> and I remember how many anybody from the Bronx Woo! all right my Bronx people anybody remember Woolworth yeah. there used to be a here, right? here I heard that but I, I'm a Bronx girl I'm a city girl right and my grandmother love her she is 90 something years old right my sister's laughing because we would fight to do this with my grandmother so you know the Bible says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so Every time my grandmother was very, um, very proper woman, very faithful to first of the month. You know, she did all her stuff and she got her bills together and she would pay her bills. You know, she's that old school. When you got the bills, you put them out and she paid her bills first of the month. And that meant, anybody remember Con Edison on Grand Concourse? Oh, yeah. So you have to go to Con Edison. So my grandmother, she, we knew that when the first was coming or the time was coming for her to pay her bills and I would diligently seek her. <laughs> Because that meant reward, my sister's crying, because that meant reward was coming. So I would be like, we would fight to be the one to go with grandma. And she said in Spanish, because she only speaks Spanish, who wants to go with me? Que conmigo, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. I we would fight, I'm going, I'm going. shut up, I'm going. I'm going. So she was like, OK, so come. Sometimes she would take us both. Most time, it was just one on one and my grandmother would go and she would pay her bills and we would be her interpreter and we would go to con edison and she would make sure they knew her name guadalupe lebron and she be like i'm here to pay my bills right <laughs> and we would go with her and i was like yes one more place we got to go because then we were going to woolworth <laughs> so she would pay her bills and we would go down concord and we would go to all her places and she would talk to people and you're standing there like yeah hurry you up grandma and she would go okay you hungry mm, yeah okay <laughs> meanwhile I knew I was like salivating because I wanted to go to Woolworth remember this they had the counter oh. and they had the ladies there with the little aprons the little nut right on their head and I was sitting at the counter they had to see the roll that you spinning around I would go there and I would order my cheeseburger deluxe with a strawberry shake jesus that was awesome <laughs> i would sit there and back then i was like a twig so i could eat like uh, i could eat like nobody's business i was in my grandmother's like you good you good i was like yeah my pickle and the girl would make it and and she was a rewarder if you sold her out not only that but she would only not only but then she would take you and she'd be like all right we're all done with the meal and everything was good and she goes okay let's go shopping in woolworth now woolworth is like the old Wal- like a walmart right it had everything <laughs> And it would go up and down the aisles with her. And you always came home with something. She always blessed us that way. Those are are great memories I have with my grandmother. Right now, she doesn't move as much and she doesn't do as much. But those are memories I'll never forget. Times I spent with her, intimate times. Times we would walk with her. Times we would talk with her. Times we would just get to break bread with my grandmother. Times that she blessed me. And I never even asked for the blessing. I just sort her out. That's how God is with us. If my grandmother knew how to do that with me, how much more does your father in heaven will do for you if you seek him? He's a rewarder. He's a blessing to our lives. So faith pleases God. Woo. Everything you've received from God is by faith. If you, spent time, if you spent more time considering God's word instead of focus, focusing on what you don't have, your limitations, you know, what this one did to you, what this one didn't do, what this one said, what this one didn't say, we focus on things that do not matter. We focus on things that, listen, we have to let that go. Because the Bible says that the, um, in Hebrews 10, 38, now the just shall live by faith. Now who are the just? amen come on lenny the approved the accepted you all say i'm believe i'm a believer right if you're a believer then you're approved stamp seal delivered approved you're accepted i'm here to come 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 against that lie that says you're not see when my grandmother would reward us she wouldn't reward us and say well did you do good this week did you do everything you did she didn't that didn't matter to my grandmother See, when we saw her out, she rewarded us regardless of what we had done. Somebody need to get that. We're still too busy pointing and looking at our past. See, I want to tell you something here. Stop disqualifying what God has qualified. Some of you in this room, you keep disqualifying yourself. You keep going to the past. Listen, faith is a product of the reborn spirit. There is a new you on the inside. Teens, you receive Christ, there is a new you on the inside. The old has passed, okay? There's a new you in there. What God qualifies is settled, it is done, and settle that in your heart once and for all. I have to settle that in my heart. I'm qualified. You know how many people try to disqualify? They're always pointing to the bad. They're always pointing to the negative. They want to point you back. I remember always hearing this. Oh, you're such a strong person. You're such a strong personality. You're so strong. I used to be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But you know what? I settled it in my heart because one day the Lord told me, well, guess what? You're strong in me because I made you that way because of the assignment that I have for you. And the assignment that I have may not be your assignment. So don't get mad at me because God made me strong. He made you strong too. You just haven't reached there yet. But you will if you continue seeking the word. There is purpose in you. I want you to hear that. Everybody wake up. There is purpose in you. So many people have already told you and have pointed that there is nothing more that you can do. Especially if you're older, you've lived your life, you're done. See, it ain't over till it's over. And even that is not over because you're going to continue. You're just moving from one body to the next. But God has qualified you. It has nothing to do with what you do. Please get that. It has everything to do with what He did. What He did. So, again, write that down for yourself. Stop disqualifying what God has qualified. Keep your eyes on the Word. Keep your eyes on the Word. 2 Corinthians 4.18, I'm giving you a lot of scripture today because I want you to write these down. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on, this is not saying ignore your problems, pretend they're not happening, um, pretend that this is not. No, what it's saying is don't be moved by it. You know what faith does? Faith stands. In the midst of the situation, faith stands. And I love, I've coined this a while ago, and I continue. I don't know if this happens when you get a little older, but I said, Lord, I love this. Uh, This is my answer to this. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. Amen. Come on, don't be moved by the situation. Some of you need to move on from the past. Let it go. It's a hindrance. Some of you are still in these old places with these old people. You know, when we used to work in, um, in, um, in the Alternative to Incarceration, they would have um, classes and they would talk about people, places, and things. Sometimes you let people, places, and things hold you back from what God has. How can a person, a place, or a thing have that much power over you to hold you back and limit you from what God has? Listen, and don't get mad at me, but I don't care what people, places, or things say or do. It's not, listen, my, will, my, my heart is to please him. My heart is to do what he's called me to do. My heart is to focus on him. My heart is to read the word, stand on it, and keep it moving. Ooh, I heard that woo back there. You may say, wow, that's kind of tough. No, you got to toughen up sometimes. Fearless faith. I'm not there anymore. How can that thing, person, place, still have control? I'm not even there. They've moved on. Move on. Get your freedom. You keep holding yourself in this cage, and God has a purpose and a plan. He wants to do some things with you and through you, and you're still back here. Can, can I tell you something? This is going to be so radical. It's going to transform you. Forgive, love them, move on. <laughs> Forgive. Forgive. But Pastor Ned, you don't know what they've done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they did. You're holding on to something. You're holding on to dead things. And you know what happens when you hold on to dead things? Excuse me one second. You drag it everywhere you go hi i'm here with my dead thing hi this is me how you doing me and my dead thing it's time to let it go don't let those things hold you down don't let those things hold you down come on the word of god says in ephesians 6 be strong in the lord It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It doesn't mean in the power of your might. In our might, we can't do it. In our own strength, we can't. In my own strength, I can't forgive anybody. In my own strength, I can't love them. But through Christ in me, he's changed me. He's transformed me. I can love you. I can forgive you. I don't have to be your best friend, but I can move on. You are not going to have control and power on me. See, that's letting the lies and, the, and, the, and those things control you. Forgive. I, and again, I'm going to say this with all love in my heart. It doesn't matter what they do to you. It matters what you do to them because you are the believer. And if they are a believer and they're in error, then guess what? Let's stop judging them and let God deal with them. Pray for them. How about that? Pray for them. Love them and release them. Last time I checked, we are not anybody's savior. We are not the Holy Spirit in their lives. And we should have no opinions. You know why our opinion should be? Our opinion should be what the word of God says. And the word of God says this, love cover, covers a multitude of sin. That's what God's word says. Because I lo- what Christ did for me, and listen, you did me wrong. It's okay. i cover that. Wow, what freedom there is in that. What freedom. Now, the choice is yours. I can't, cho- I, listen, I can talk to you. I can point you to truth to set you free, but the choice is yours. And I'm reminded of Joshua in the Bible. Now, Joshua, if you know, let me give you a little background. The people are out of Egypt, and they travel to Mount Sinai, And the the mountain of God, Joshua, was Moses' assistant. And he went up with Moses to the mountain of God, where God spoke to Moses and gave him the law, the Ten Commandments. And while Moses was up in the mountain meeting with the Lord, the people, they gathered together, and they built a golden calf to worship. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Let me take it this way. God's done a work in them, or God's delivered them out, taken them to a new land. And although they're out of Egypt, Egypt is still in them they're still building golden calves well it's the same thing let's translate that and fast forward to us god's done the work in you he set you free he's given you life and life abundant and sometimes you still got egypt all up in here and god says let that go see let that go i've taken you out oh some of you ain't getting this you got to get this but you don't know what they did. You don't know what that mom did. You don't know how they it let that go. Because that's hindering you from moving forward. Not because God wants, but because you're allowing the limitations. See, we're the only ones that put limits on what God wants to do. He's already done it all for us. He's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And if you hold on to that past thing, again, you're walking around with it. And it's weighing you down. And God says, let it go. Forgive them, release that. Right. Don't let that hold you down any longer. And that's what the people did. They made a golden calf. See, doesn't this sound familiar? What are you full of? What they were still full of. And the Lord tells Moses to depart and go to the promised land. Now, God gave them a promise, God has given you promises in His Word. You should be excited to look in the Word and say, God, what are your promises? Instead of me focusing on what's wrong and what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, what he did or she didn't do or whatever the case may be, he says, focus on my promises, focus on my Word. And he promised them to go to a land large flowing with milk and honey, the land of the Canaanites. So they traveled through the wilderness and the people complained while in the wilderness. How many of us don't complain while God's trying to do something? Oh, but you don't know. If you don't know at that moment what to do, if you don't know, just give it to God. Don't complain. You complain? Let me tell you, I heard this in the past. You remain. And they did. The Lord tells Moses to send spies to check out the land. So Moses sent one leader from each tribe, and Joshua was one of them. And Moses tells them to go and see what the land is like, whether the people dwell there are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. He tells them to be of good courage and go. And the spies come back with fruit and a report and they say the giants live there and they're strong and they're too big for us. But Caleb and Joshua are different. They say we can do this. We can overtake them. But the people refuse to go and they cried out and complained. And they say, why did we come here? It's probably better to return to Egypt. It's never better to go backwards. (laughs) Come on, does it sound familiar? Keeping your eyes on the circumstance instead of God. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. And... And it says this in the beginning, after the death of of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Let's stop right there. Moses, my servant is dead. There is so much that we can glean from this story regarding fearless faith. And we're going to stop right there for a moment. I'm going to break down each one. See a new chapter was about to unfold in the lives of the children of Israel. The leader that they knew is dead, but the promise was not. The promise was that are going to go to the, you're going to go to a land flowing with milk and honey, a good land. That's the promise that God has for you. You're going to you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I have a plan. I have a purpose for you. They're good, not evil. To give you hope and a future. And this, this, this leader that they knew before was, was done. For some of you, this means it's time to let go of your past. Let go of your past. Let go of the familiar of what you knew and let the new chapter unfold in your life. The promise of God is yea and amen and it is now time for you to turn the page. It's time for you to turn the page. Let it go. It's gone. It's dead. Move forward. Then the next thing he says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and these people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Stop right there. How can you move forward and possess it looking backwards? Ready? Somebody needs to hear this today. Arise. Arise, says the Lord. Arise. Get up. Come on, get up. Get moving. Move forward. You know what arise means? Arise. Rise up. Come on the scene. Be be alert now with what God is doing now. You know, there's people that still, oh, when I used to go to this old place. And I don't... Forget about that. What is God doing now? Where's God taking you now? I messed up before. Forget about that. What is God doing now in you? Arise, says the Lord. Arise. I hope this shakes in the very core of your being. Arise, says the Lord. Arise. Some of you looking at me strange. But I feel like I'm speaking to the bones to get up and arise. Do what God's called you to do. We have no more time to dilly dally. We have no more time to be in the past. We have no time. There's a plan and a purpose for you. Arise. God's called you. He has a plan. He'll get you out. He'll make a way. Arise. Move forward in faith. The next thing he says, it's time to possess it. That's why he's telling us to arise because it's time to possess it. He says, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you. And I said, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the, um, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Listen, we got to move from the promise to the possession of it. It's time. When God called us here, it didn't look like much. We didn't know why we moved up here. Um, We moved, like I said, from the Bronx. My husband, I, I, we live in New Windsor. He comes to do his license and he says, Honey, I got news for you. I didn't know about Newburgh. I had heard about it when I was younger, didn't know much. And the Lord tells him, He says, God, why you brought me here? I thought I was getting away from all this from the city. I thought, and the Lord said, What do you think you're here for? If you're here with us in this church, you've partnered with us. You've locked arms with us. Scenes. If you lo- listen, we're here for a purpose. We've come to bring truth to a people. We've come to possess the land and take it back so that all the nations, I declare it today, all the nations and all the people will see that God has done this thing. God has done it. Not a man. Not a woman. Not us. But God. And I am humbled that God would use us. And I'm humbled that he would entrust us with such a thing. Because he loves the people and he loves you. That is my heart for the people. My heart is engraved now in this place. I can't get it out of my mind. I sit in my house and I pray. And I speak the word of God over Newburgh. I speak the word of God over you. Because God is doing a new thing. Stop speaking over yourself, over this place that, oh, my God, look at it. Don't go against God's word. And some of you that come from outside, I'm not in this city. I don't live here. But it doesn't mean that I can't do what God's called me to do. And if God has called you from outside, then be here and be present and don't look to the left and don't look to the right, but look at God. Let's move forward. Let's march. Let's take territory for the the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. There's a people that need it. Some of you in this room, you need it. God's brought you here for a purpose. Then he tells them this. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Man, it doesn't get any better than that. The greater ones on the inside of you. He will never leave you. Do you hear me? Even if you mess up, Joey, he will never leave you. He loves you. Even if you fall short. He loves you. He'll never, ever, 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 ever leave you. Never leave you. Never leave you, Joel. Never. Never leave you, Roberta. Sandra, he'll never leave you. He loves you. He's not like a man or a person that looks at your wrongdoing and judges you. Illy, he'll never leave you. You be that voice in your school, girl. He'll never leave you. He loves you. You have the greater one living on the inside of you. And if God is for me, who can stand against me? Then he tells them this, be strong and of good courage. <laughs> for to this people you shall divide an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers. And he says, only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do, all, um, do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded. Do not turn, there you go, from the right to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Courage means having the strength to do something despite um, being afraid. How do you become courageous? The same way you become strong. By reading, speaking, and acting on the word. Then he tells him in verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you're, you will have good success. Come on, how many of you want good success? <laughs> then listen, how many of you are willing to do what he's called us to do? Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, do you trust God? Do you trust him? Come on, do you trust him at his word? <laughs> that's fearless faith when you're looking at something that doesn't look like it's going to happen. <laughs> that it doesn't look like it, like nothing. But God takes it and turns it into something. And God takes that and makes... You see, that's what he did with us. What everybody discounted and they told you, you, not you... Nothing good comes out of the Bronx. Nothing good comes out of Newburgh. Nothing good comes out of wherever you come. Nothing good. You're not the right color. You're not the right size. You're not the right this. You're not the right that. But God said I am. But God said. God said. It doesn't matter what you say. God said I am. God said he's going to use a Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx. God said that. God said. God told me that I would be, he'll, be used, he'll use me greatly. God stopped the whole service for me when I was a teenager. And God said that me and my husband will be used greatly. God said that. Did I mess up after that? Yes, I did. But God said. God said. Now, I could have listened to the naysayers. I could have listened to the enemy. Or I could listen to God. And at first, I was letting myself get tripped up. Because not only did I hear it and everybody else in the congregation, but so did the enemy. And he brought everything my way to stop that from happening. But God said... But God. He made me a promise. And this day I stand before you, serving you, because God said for me to. Because my life is not mine. My life is his. My life is used for his purposes. My life is his. Whatever you want, Lord, I will do. And if he tells me to clean a toilet, I'll clean a toilet. Because it's not about position, it's about me serving my God. Joshua's faith was in the Lord. You know what Joshua did? Joshua told him, prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days we will cross over this Jordan to go, to go possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. Were the giants still there? Yeah. See, but the giants didn't dictate to Joshua his response faith did and the people responded this way all that you commanded us we will do and wherever you send us we will go what will your response be today what will your response be here today